Good evening. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Social Convos. I'm Shalik here with Diego. And Diego, you're ready for tonight's show? I am. I am. Apologies for the delay, everybody. We had some, as always, technical, as it goes yes, technical, technical difficulties. difficulties. But, but luckily, nonetheless, everything... we're here. We are here. Um, before we introduce the guest, I kept forgetting the previous episodes, but... I want to do a special shout out to you, Shandu, because your website is live <laughs> now. And we've been talking about it for a few weeks now, and it's a sort of very valuable content. So a shameless plug to you, Shandu.sr thank you, thank is you. live. Shandu.sr is live. I do want to point out, if, if I think my favorite part of, of the website currently is the library. So if you go to Shandu.sr, check out the library. It has some cool content, and especially the recommended videos. I think that's a very, very first. If you're looking for something to start for yourself, uh, those are the first things that you should should definitely check out. But uh, thanks for the plug. Uh, but yeah. I do want to give you the room to introduce our guests for tonight. Definitely. And welcome back to Social Convos Episode 4, where we have our guest, none other than Jake Ryman, all the way from the Netherlands. And Whoa, first of all, I'm here. Yeah, we want to thank you for staying awake, staying, staying up. up. <laughs> we know it's 1 a.m. over there, and we appreciate you taking the time to be here with us and having this, you know, chill social conversation with us. And anyways, who is Jake? Um, let me just give a short intro. Jake and I go way back. We actually met during middle school, so it's close to 20 years now. And after, yeah, after high school, um, he departed to the Netherlands to go study. And flash fast forward a few years, I think uh, 2016, we met up again. And he was at the very, very early stages of starting his own venture uh, called Glam Pop. Not the music genre, but the business. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk a bit more about that, what Glampop actually is, but he's the founder and uh, he's been through a lot. And I think his experiences, um, his roots from Suriname and all the challenges he's experienced, the, especially last year, it will be a valuable source of information and I think inspiration as well to others listening or wanting to go the same path um but without further ado we got jake ryman with us and if you'd like to add anything more specific jake feel free to add it we're just having a casual talk here but uh yeah i think yeah. that's as concise as i can put it yeah thank thank you for having me thank you for having me it's uh, it's a pleasure it's a pleasure to be here i like having yeah social and friendly conversations even though it's past my bedtime, I love I love being here. Uh, we still so that's what we wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, that's what we wanted like, to know. Before we go to the curfew, because that's an interesting topic as well. But one o'clock in because it's one o'clock in the Netherlands right now, if I'm correct. 
Yes, that's true. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's one o'clock. Yeah. So you're you're talking about pressure bedtime. How often, as you as an entrepreneur, do you get days when you're still awake at this point at the night at night? Is that something that happens regularly, or is this that you're saying, ah? Uh, for me to be uh, to be very honest, I'm a routine kind of guy. So I, yeah, I I find it very important to sleep at a certain time. So that I can wake up at a certain time. And for myself, uh, I know that I'm more a morning person in the sense that I'm more productive in the in the morning. And to be productive in the morning, I guess you need to uh, to get a good night, seven, seven, six to seven hour rest. That works for me. So basically, I try to go to bed between like eleven thirty and twelve thirty at max. But uh, I made an exception, especially for you guys. And for the oh, public, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's quickly go to the viewers. Uh, Gregory joins in as well. Uh, audio and video is looking good. Thanks, Gregory. Uh, Leroy is back as well. Good evening as well, Leroy. These are our, uh, some of our really regular viewers as well. And now Gregory wants to know before we head into your personal stuff, who's on the shirt, Jake, or what's on the shirt? You know, I think I, I'm, I, I need to do more research, but I think it's. Albert Einstein. I hope so. so. But the full, is there also a, a, a text? Can you show us? No, yeah, it's, uh, it's from Philip Pieces. Oh, 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 shout out shout to Philip Pieces. Yeah, those nice, are my nice, guys. Nice. My guys. Uh, yeah, I think one of the first conversations we had was about uh, uh, filling Pieces as well when we first spoke. Yeah, with, with, with me. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah when I you, first spoke with you, yeah. Yeah, true, true. You asked yeah. like, hey, can I introduce you? And I yeah. gladly did it. You know, I'm all about <laughs> spreading knowledge and spreading connections. So, yeah, yeah, I saw that you did a piece or a small interview. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. Yeah. So, Diego, you have to imagine Jake introduced me to my nephew. <laughs> my, actually, my cousin, my cousin, not my, my nephew, my cousin. Yeah, I keep messing that up and translating it from Dutch. But he actually introduced me to my cousin. And then actually my other cousin, who is his brother, is the one that came to Suriname as well. So that's that's pretty pretty cool. So uh, yeah. Jake, um, the relationship with Suriname, because you grew up here, how often do you come back to Suriname? Uh, I try to come back once once a year during the yeah holiday season because I really value uh, spending some quality time with my family and also with friends. Um, but due to the pandemic, I didn't visit, uh, yeah, last, uh, last Christmas season. I try to try to be in Suriname like once, uh, once every year. Okay. Yeah, it's quite, yeah. uh, annually. And, um, we usually meet up, uh, every year when you're here or when I'm there in the Netherlands at least once. And yeah. that's kind of how we stayed in touch, uh, over the years. And what's yeah, funny is, true. um, yeah, some friendships, uh, just, you know, people go their separate ways, but Jake's has been one of those special friends that you, you know, you, you just catch up once every year, but it's like no time has passed. Um, and it's always interesting to see how you develop as a person and the things you're busy with. And I've had the honor of, you know, seeing uh, not just Jake, but 
a few friends uh, who started businesses from the very early stages and seeing them grow to the stage they're at now, it, it really says something and you can really see the progress. Uh, it's really motivating and inspiring uh, to say the least. Yeah, I guess uh, you and I, we go way back. Like in the introduction, you told the viewers that um, we were in the same class uh, um, at, the, at the middle school and also high school. Uh, I guess I still owe you for that period because uh, I wasn't that good in math. I wasn't that good in physics. So you really helped me, really helped me. I, I, I'm forever grateful you helped me pass like a lot of classes and a lot of uh, courses. But yeah, it's always, it's always uh, good to meet you whenever you're here. I try to meet up uh, whenever I'm in Suriname. Um, yeah, I like, to, I, like to, I like to talk with you. Um, two years ago, when we did the master class, I also asked you to make an after movie for me, right? Yeah. yeah Actually, that I was guess. last year's. That that was twenty twenty. No, it was, it was yeah, January twenty twenty. Yeah, the whole pandemic came in. Yeah. Hey, yeah. It was, you guys it was really gonna, with gonna show us the after movie? I want to see the after movie now. The, the after movie is on my. Yeah, it's on my Instagram. Or, yeah, well, you can okay. share this plug here. You can plug it here. Uh, yeah, okay. No, Diego. sure. I mean, Diego Diego can look it up for us while yeah. I ask you a, a follow-up question on. Because, okay, so you graduated high school in Suriname and then you moved yeah. to the Netherlands. You said yes. that math was kind of a, a big uh, issue at the time. But, of course, yeah. you're an entrepreneur yeah. now. So, somehow, it, it, it still is part of your life. Um, yeah. How, how, did it, how did the idea start on starting your own business? Did Srego was was Glamp Up the first entrepreneurial idea that you that you just went for it, or was there something uh, in before? When did the entrepreneurial journey start? When the entrepreneurial journey started, um, I guess I always was intrigued with business and business ideas. So I was always brainstorming, like, "Hey, this is a good concept, and I think this can work." Um, but I guess the first. Uh, the first instance where it started when was when I um, I did my uh, RBS, that's Rotterdam Business School. That's like ha, uh, HBO in, in Dutch mm -hmm. terms. And yeah. we had a course, a course on small business and small entrepreneur and entrepreneurship. And during that course, I was really intrigued by the whole setting of it. And I pitched the guy, uh, like the teacher, I pitched him, hey, I'm from Suriname. And in Suriname, there's no real pasta restaurant. And pasta is seen as a very, let's say, luxurious, posh kind of dish in, in Suriname. But in the Netherlands, it's just yeah, kind of like fast food. So I pitched him yeah. that idea and he was like, oh, wow, that's a really good idea. You have to pursue it. And then I called a friend and I pitched him the idea and he was okay, it's also like a good idea. But eventually I didn't uh, pull through because I had to move to Suriname in order to, yeah, to, to make it a reality. Uh, but after that, I did my uh, master's, uh, my master's in business. And after I graduated, or let me say uh, the last, uh, my last thesis, I wrote my last thesis. And I wrote my thesis on creative entrepreneurship because I knew okay. I had to write a thesis on something I was very intrigued on. 
I in my life I wrote three theses and the third thesis I was like I hate this but the third time is going to be the charm so I was like okay who do I know who can I interview so I interviewed um like uh, fashion, fashion designers people with a fashion brand so I introduced your good friend Nadira she okay. was interviewed by me I also interviewed the guys from uh, filling pieces and daily paper so during that okay. period I was really immersed in let's say young entrepreneurs you know like how they started and what really was their passion and their story behind everything and I was like something just clicked I was like if they can do it then I'm also able to do it and I don't know how but along the way I'll figure it out some way and if I just keep on being persistent and waking up every day and just putting my heart and soul in it I will get there eventually so that's how like it started and afterwards when I graduated I was like okay now is the time to start uh start my own startup start my own company because I'm young I don't have a lot of responsibility except keeping the lights on feeding myself uh I don't have kids I don't have other uh other stuff where I need to spend a lot of money on so yeah let's just try and that was I guess the beginning of 2017 when I said to myself hey let's just try and I've been trying ever since awesome um but i got some trusted sources that told me that your parents were quite nervous you setting out on this entrepreneurial journey but they let you do it regardless and i'm not sure if you had the talk with them but how was it you know dealing with that i guess sense of uncertainty but also going through those untouched waters uh yeah but your parents a, are uh, quite uh, entrepreneurial as well so yeah yeah i guess yeah, that, that that's true my mom is my mom was a was an entrepreneur and i my dad is doing entrepreneur ventures now in his uh yeah later stages of his career but i guess every parent wants the best every parent wants the best for their kids right and going into entrepreneurship it's like a lot of uncertainty a lot of risk and i guess no parent really wants that for their for their child so when i uh, started uh, my journey uh, i told them like hey this is really what i want to want to do um they they were like yeah but are you sure i don't think it's a good idea you need to gain some experience you need to make some money first and i was okay you know let's make a deal um I will work part-time so I've worked uh let's say the first two to three years I've always worked uh four days a week and I had three days free including weekend to work on my yeah on my own startup so that was really the deal what uh that I made with them like a um I will manage keeping myself alive and building a steady a steady career but um I also want to pursue this and i guess uh after a while i think in 2019 um i quit my job or my contract wasn't renewed and that was for me really the time to say like okay i'm going to do this all in i'm going to do this seven days a week 
and just go for it. And I don't know how I'm going to manage, but I'll manage. And uh, but, yeah. but at that time, at that time when you made that decision, um, did you already have enough revenue uh, to pay yourself on a monthly basis, or did you just take a, a little bit of a calculated risk or a leap of faith to to jump into it full time? It's okay. You can be honest about it because this no, is a question. I'm, I'm this is something honest. a lot of people are afraid afraid of. This is something a I'm, lot of I'm people very, are afraid of. I'm very. Yeah. I'm gonna be very honest. Um, I haven't given myself a salary uh, just yet, like till this day. Only when I'm in dying need of of money, like I take it out of the business. But every 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 cent and every uh, euro I make, I reinvest back into the business. And yeah, I just try to find a way to uh, keep 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 myself afloat. Uh, during the pandemic, um, we get a small subsidy from, from the government. Uh, it's not that much, but basically I try to live off that um, and just reinvest everything back into the business because I know eventually um, I will be able to take out some money from the business and then I can uh, have a small splurge on myself, but not at this time. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Before we move on, I want to do a quick shout out. We actually have a viewer from Brazil. From Brazil, yeah. It's pretty uh, cool. Luis, and he's saying, Go plant life. Uh, I met Luis in Germany during the hackathon in 2017. And really cool that he dropped in to say hi and appreciate that um, he's watching it. And it really goes to show that having an international network pays off along the way. Uh, thanks, Luis, uh, for tuning in. And yeah. we got Vishan tuning in again. Uh, genius at work. Genius Compliments at work. to yeah. you, Jake. Devin <laughs> uh, oh, no. is here uh, saying hi. And Gregory is here as well. Um, not sure what signs he was referring to, but hey, welcome, guys. Yeah. Um, anyways. I, I really do want to jump into to the aspect of, I think it's one of the, uh, one of the things that people underestimate. So, Jake, thanks, thanks for just being honest and saying like I want to reinvest yeah. everything. Uh, yeah. When I started, uh, when I started my current business, I took a, a cut in my paycheck as well. I decided to say, uh, okay, this is what I I want to make, and the salary that I wanted to have, I told myself I want to have that in three years' time. So, yeah. and that was was also a big challenge because uh, you're just saying like if you don't have any responsibility for me it was around the time that i had my first child and my child was less than a year old so it did bring some issues at home for my wife saying like okay but you're not paying yourself but eventually when the business grew and she saw that there was potential and that the salary would eventually come um, then the, the the rest the it, it came back but i i do understand uh, and I do do want people to know that it's, if starting a business, it's it's a very big leap of faith, and uh, it's it's something that I think you should be proud of that that you took the uh, took the risk and then you went for it because uh, in the end uh, you did something very unique, which we'll of course get into a little bit later as well. So so my question is, um, if we can go to the name already, how did the name yeah. come about? Uh, you know, you mean the name of Glampop? Yeah. 
so uh, back in the early days, uh, I was doing this uh, together with a, with a very dear friend of mine. And um, we were like, okay, we have this, we have this business concept. We were brainstorming, we were writing everything down on a whiteboard. And then we were like, okay, we need a name. We really need a name. And uh, where I was working at the at the time, they had like a small a small cubicle, let's say, brainstorm cubicle. So we went in that cubicle, and we were like, we're not get, we're not coming out um, if we don't have a name yet. So we brainstormed like thirty minutes, and ba- okay, basically we're doing something with beauty. So that is like the the glam part of it. And the pop uh, stands for population. You know, so glam pop stands for glamorous population, and and what we want to say with that is that we want to welcome everyone to feel empowered and become part of our let's say population of uh, people who are confident and who really uh, want to shine uh, to shine in life and uh, just feel empowered to uh, tackle everyday challenges. So that's uh, the the story behind behind the name. Behind the name, Glamp Up. And it's funny because I mentioned in the intro, it's also quite a niche music genre. So not to mix (laughs) those two up. So glamorous population. And I think that's uh, that has some uh, identity with it as well. And what what's um, curious to me is um, you've been you've wrote your thesis on creative entrepreneurship, but yeah. You yourself have not, I'm from what I know at least, been into. Okay, you've interviewed fashion, but the glamour industry, especially makeup, hairdresser, and yeah. you as a guy doing this. Yeah. Um, how did that work its way out? Because it's not something you'd expect to see from. Um, like this might sound superficial, but you know, uh, an yeah. individual like you. True. 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 And that's like the that's like one of the questions I get asked. Uh, on a daily basis like how is a guy like you doing this and basically for me um i guess it's not really a superficial uh, kind of thing but more that i truly believe that like the beauty industry can be disrupted in uh in this sense uh if i look at myself i consider myself a let's say more or less the early adopter so i was like hey i like innovations and i like innovating business models and having a different perspective on how things work and why we do things in a certain way because we're accustomed to doing that so uh it just made sense to me like um just to give you uh yeah a bit of explanation at Glampop, uh, we deliver on-demand beauty services. So we deliver uh, makeup artists, hair artists, nail artists, and also wellness uh, artists to uh, the location, to the home, or to the hotel, or anywhere else of the client. And in that business model, I was like, why are we still going to the salon? We get um, food delivered. We get everything delivered uh to our house and basically it's should be possible to 
within the beauty industry because we're working with all these fabulous makeup artists who are accustomed to going to the client. Why not make a yeah a, 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 a new concept of it and try to launch it off the, on, on the market? So I guess it's true that um, I'm, I don't really have a, a, a beauty background, but you know what they say, if you don't have the skills, try to surround yourself with people who do. And I guess I do have a, a great team of, uh, let's say, uh, beauty, be, beauty individuals who really guided me in the beginning of the journey and really helped me to understand certain, uh, yeah, parts of the business and parts of, uh, of the community. Okay, maybe we want to jump into the the, the comments uh, section as well. Thank you for joining in, uh, Joseph. Sub wants to say Jake the Great. So uh, he, he also noted that uh, you've always been very stylish and fabulous. Uh, no. So <laughs> that's in a big up from uh, from Theo as well and Gregory to to get back to the question: What was the sign like? No contract renewal. That was kind of a sign to make the jump. And then we get to the questions uh, by Gregory. Have your Surinamese roots helped or uh, helped or held the business back? I imagine Surinamese roots lead to being more open-minded. So, do you have a clear, uh, uh, maybe a story or something that uh, where your Surinamese roots has impacted the business as well? Um, my Surinamese roots impacted the business. Um, I guess, or I know that uh, coming from Suriname, I always I also have a mission to put uh, the country on the map or uh, give opportunities to people coming from Suriname, uh, give them opportunities to grow and uh, to move further in life and also give back uh, to the country. So in that sense, in that sense, it does. Um, but it never held me back. It's more it's more like it's giving me a fire to really show people and also show myself like, hey, I'm hailing from a small country in Suriname. And we do have uh, people who work hard, who are intelligent. And that, let's just uh, create a way for myself and then bring other people's, uh, people in the opportunity to prosper and to move forward in life. So I guess having Suriname's roots does have a big influence on, uh, on everyday life for me. How was how was the concept received? How was the like in 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 the Netherlands like uh, the 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 industry that was already there, the beauty industry yeah. that was already there? When you came with this concept, what what were the initial reactions to it? Uh, like it's not gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's true. Like I've 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 had everything, you know, because like having a startup, it's also like pitching to investors. And pitching to investors, they're very, very blunt. So a few are like, a few I connected, they were like, oh, fabulous idea, great. Um, let's stay in touch. Others are like, this is not going to work. Uh, I can remember like the first time I did my research uh, before launching everything, I uh, mailed a, a beauty school, you know, like uh, they're educating you to become like a makeup artist. And I mailed them like, hey, um, I'm trying to start this new idea. Uh, do you have students who want to be a, become a part of our startup? And I got an email back like, hey, um, yeah, I'm going to send it to my students, but uh, there have multiple ideas like this and it's not going to work. But hey, good luck. 
And yeah, I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna show you. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna show you. And that's just the, let's say the, the the fuel to light the fire, I guess. Currently, your operation is only in the Netherlands, right? And yeah. having yeah visiting Suriname annually, well, mm -hmm. since before pre-COVID, um, mm -hmm. have you tried or had a thought or pitching it locally? Uh, I know you have been trying some initiatives locally, but that's like an extension of the business. How does your Surinamese connection, I guess, reel into the business or extend the business? for the um, market here um if i'm quite honest um i've always had the opinion uh that this current business model um won't be suited uh for Suriname, like the way we're doing it now because um in Suriname, it's fairly easy uh for people to uh, travel to the location of someone else and that very um it's 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 like a it's like a mindset and i guess uh for Suriname, i think the 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 distances between uh the consumer and the provider would be too small and also like the volume in which uh, the whole model would operate um would be a bit too small to really uh, be successful financially. That doesn't mean that I don't believe in uh, Suriname as a whole, but the current model, um, I guess you need to really work uh, with scale and with uh, a lot of volume uh, yeah, to make it uh, feasible. Has, has somebody ever uh, mentioned that you are like the Uber of uh, Glam? <laughs> Yeah, the, well, yeah, the Uber of beauty. Yeah, that's what. Uh, yeah, that's the, that's that's basically. Okay. Uh, if people ask yeah. me what do you do, that's the first thing I tell them, and it okay. really clicks. So, um, how has how has COVID impacted this? Because of course, it's it's like you said, it's kind of like a delivery. You go towards like just like you have your food delivered, you kind of have your your uh, services delivered when it comes to uh, makeup and and fashion. How the, yeah. how how has this this pandemic uh, impacted the business for the for better and and for worse of course? Uh, wow, this 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 uh, pandemic has really changed everything um, because we are considered um, what they call in Dutch contact uh, beru is um, oh, yeah. the contact between the consumer and the provider is very close not uh, one and a half meters. Uh, these services are prohibited. From the moment we went into lockdown, I guess that was uh, the beginning of March, uh, the government said that all these uh, services, also um, barber services and hair services are uh, prohibited. So since uh, March, we've really been shut down. You know, we couldn't do anything uh, because uh, you could risk a fine. Um, when the country opened back up again, I guess that was in uh, during the summer, um, you, you were allowed to work again. But still, um, we uh, like demand is really coming from 
uh, people leaving the house, people leaving, people going to events, people going to social gatherings. And uh, we really thrive and we really work um, with that. And basically with the whole pandemic and with the lockdown, people haven't been leaving their house. So um, booking us was never really an option. And also since uh, the new lockdown, which was introduced, I guess, a month uh, since uh, the, the, the end of last year, we've also, yeah, been closed. So, yeah, this, uh, this, it's been really tough for us as a business. For, for a year now, um, we didn't really get any clients. We didn't uh, operate because, yeah, due to the circumstances. And yeah, it's tough. It's tough for the business because we had everything lined up. Like the last, uh, the last years, we really invested planting seeds, um, building relationships, um, figuring out what worked and what doesn't work. And uh, we had everything lined up, everything lined up. And we were busy with our sales strategy in, uh, in March. And then, yeah, Corona hit and it basically uh, everything stopped. And until this current moment, everything is stopped. So, yeah, for the business, it's uh, it's pretty bad. Um, but for me personally, I guess it's been also a blessing in disguise. I think uh, Corona is giving me like a lot of uh, different opportunities. Um, also taught me to be uh, very grateful for what I have, you know, and just working on your mindset and diving into other 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 entrepreneurial um journeys other entrepreneurial adventures um yeah the pandemic has given me has, has given me that chance to really do that okay Bef- before we follow up on those other entrepreneurial adventures because we know there is one that you're currently doing that you added okay well. but before we go to that um so the business got impacted really hard. Uh, aside from the government subsidies that you guys are getting, yeah. is it sufficient that uh, how are you guys surviving, especially the, the team you have? Because yeah. yeah, you yourself, you're the CEO, you have this mindset, but you have people to take care of in a sense. How yeah. do you deal with that currently? Uh, yeah, it's been tough. It's been really tough. Um, and I guess when this hits, also like the uncertainty, because it's very uncertain how we're going to open, uh, when the country's going to open back up again. And then people feel free to go to events and, and leave their houses. Um, for me, it's just been, uh, the, the, the essence has been to keep all costs very low, very low cost so that you don't lose a lot of money, so uh, no marketing uh, campaigns. Um, also, the team. Basically, when when Corona hit, um, I had people working from the states and from other countries in, in in Europe, and they all went back home. You know, back home to their families, back home to their uh, to their homes. So basically, yeah, the team. Yeah, everyone went their separate ways. And for me as a founder, for me as, let's say, the leader, I can't uh, I can't be mad at that because uh, when this hit, we go back to the basics. 
So for me, it was scaling back, uh, scaling back down. Um, it was important for me to uh, stay communicating with, with, with clients and keep having that online presence. So uh, my intern, uh, she really worked for the social media. And that's how um, we've kept on, let's say, staying alive, just working from home, not investing all money, trying to keep, the, keep everything um, in the bank account for the time being. And now we're, uh, we're back up again, try to form a, a, a new, uh, a new and better team and really, uh, come up with a new strategy and be creative on how we're going to tackle the coming, coming months when everything opens uh, up back and everything opens up again. I guess, yeah, the, the, the biggest lesson, uh, for me with everything is, uh, don't be afraid to take a step back, you know? And I can stress about everything like, hey, I'm not reaching my goals. But uh, I guess the whole the corona forced us to take a step back and there's nothing you can do about it. So you might as well. Yeah, you might as well be positive about it and look at the bright side. But as a business, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 scaling, scaling, scaling down. Okay, I, I do want to jump in because I have a similar question. Well, first, Martino wants to do a shout out as well. Jake, the man that brings beauty close to home. <laughs> and guy. then uh, uh, Joe asked a really good question. Uh, will you uh, adjust your business model or start another business? We'll get, Joseph, we're going to get back into this question in a little bit. Diego will introduce it uh, to that. But first, and I have a question from the, the personnel side. So how do you hire or how far do you find these beauticians to work with you? That's, so that's my question. And Gregory has then mm -hmm. as the opposite question. Can you elaborate on your clientele? Are they more corporate yeah. clients, CEOs, etc.? Are they more kind of the social media influencer or party type? So maybe you can dive in. Don't have to go in 2D, but a little bit, give mm -hmm. us a little bit of a perspective of what kind of business we're talking about. Um, so my services are uh accessible uh because we have a let's say fairly moderate uh price point um uh, but our clientele is mostly um yeah ceos uh business travelers uh, vip guests um people who uh, do like a video shoot and yeah sometimes you also get students mostly people who can afford it who can afford to uh, spend money, um, sp spend money on a on a daily basis or every day, uh, feel it feel important feel that the occasion is important to really uh, hire someone uh, to uh, uh, to come to their home or to their hotel. Okay. Okay. And so, how 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 can people approach you if they say like, I want to work with Glam Pop? I'm like yeah. a, a makeup artist. I want to work with you guys. What are yeah. what are the 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 rules and the regulations for you to join into the team? What do people have to do if they're interested? Yeah, so we have a very strict uh, vetting system, um, which uh, which we employ to everyone who wants to join. So it's very important that you have a a a a you you have a background. So you did courses or you had a beauty education coming from certain types of schools, you know, from certain types of education institutes, because we know that if you're a graduate from 
um, that certain type of education uh, school, then the quality uh, you can deliver is at a high level. So we look at, we also look at the portfolio and then we try to bring them in uh, to really get like an understanding and a feel of how the person is. Because it's a people business and they're very close um, uh, to people, it's also important like how you carry yourself and how your social skills are with people. So uh, they go to uh, through our step program. So checking their portfolio, checking their work, uh, trying to get them in, trying to st- uh, uh, create like a good relationship with them and then put them to the test of it, like something called like a demo day uh, where they have to uh, show us their skills and their ability to really, uh, yeah, deliver deliver under time pressure. Okay. Yeah. So Diego, awesome. do you want to go into the, yeah. the rapid fire questions now, or going to jump jump straight into the to the COVID related business? Uh, let's do some rapid fires first to you know break it off a bit. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then we'll move on. Um, so. I think you can go first this time. I went first last time. So have at Okay. So, uh, Jake, what we're, we're going to do is some quick fire questions. Uh, basically, we ask you a yeah. question A or B. You just answer it quickly and uh, we can elaborate on it later. So the first okay. question is uh, iPhone or Android? iPhone. Okay. Um, next question Oh, you want me to go all three first? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, second Sorry, question. Yeah. I'm thinking this. I'm thinking this one is going to be easy for you. But uh, June in uh, June in Amsterdam, or December in Paramaribo. December in Paramaribo. As <laughs> yeah. I was expecting, and um, the final one is actually it's not really a, a no. I, I'm going to leave the final one, uh, Diego. <laughs> because, all right, all right, all right. I can handle it. I can handle it. Okay, okay. No, I don't, I'm, I'm going to rephrase the question because otherwise yeah. it feels a little bit... Uh, okay. We'll, we'll go easy first. Okay. okay. Um, summer or winter? Mm, summer. Summer. Curly hair or sleek hair? Curly hair. Okay. Look, your last one. Okay, and the last one is uh, hoodies or sneakers? Sneakers, sneakers. Yeah. Okay. I love sneakers. All right, and my final one. So you're based in Rotterdam, but if you had yeah. to choose another city in the Netherlands, yeah. where would it be? Choose another city in, Am- uh, in the Netherlands. I guess it would be Amsterdam because I like, um, yeah, I like living in a big uh, metropolitan city, uh, a city that lives, a city that breeds. Um, and I guess Rotterdam is an amazing city to live in. Um, and I have no hate against Amsterdam, but Amsterdam will be then for my for myself the second biggest city. So I would choose uh, choose Amsterdam. Okay. Yeah, so I had to rephrase the final question because it, at first it was uh, uh, Wilterkins or Filling Pieces, but I felt like I didn't want to put anybody uh, in that situation. Uh, so that's uh, why I changed it to 
to hoodies and wow, uh, our sneakers. So, right so I changed it because yeah. I would either whatever you answered, I would get a yeah. phone call tomorrow saying like, "What did you do? Why did you do that?" So that's nah, why we're like not, we're not going to do I'm that. A, I'm a firm <laughs> supporter of uh, supporting friends and helping yeah. helping friends uh, yeah. to purchase it, purchasing their product. And uh, I wouldn't make that choice because I uh, I send positivity to every fashion designer or entrepreneurs also on the, on the journey. I wouldn't I wouldn't answer that question either, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> and speaking of products, because um, from what we've been talking about now, you've been more of a surface based business, uh, yeah. basically providing a platform for suppliers and. Uh, to supply and demand, bringing one surface yeah. to your client's door. But since the pandemic hit, you've been very creative and came with a product and it's the Air Queen Nano Mask. So yeah. you played wow. a card that's kind of a, you know, a, a special card during such a crisis. And what we're interested is in, okay, masks, yeah. Everyone yeah. wants mask now, but True. how did you select this mask? What were the criteria and how did you source it? Because from what my understanding, they come straight from a supplier in Korea. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but yeah. That, Tell us how that's that true. came that, about. That's true. Um, so the story behind, behind everything is like when uh, the pandemic hit, um, everyone, there was a, a, a big shortage of mask, masks. And, um, I, my, my uncle, he, uh, he has a firm ties with, uh, with Korea and, uh, yeah, factories or businessmen in Korea. And, uh, he, he gave me a call like, Hey, Jake, uh, uh, I have this, these, these masks. Uh, do you want to try to distribute it for me in, in Europe? Uh, we can be the sole distributor. Uh, and I was like, nah, I don't know. I'm not that kind of person. I don't want to make like, let's say money of a pandemic because that's basically how, yeah, we frame you. Um, and like he sent, he sent some samples over. And when I got the samples, I was like, wow, this is, this is a very, very good product because the experience of wearing a mask is not a nice experience. So why not try to make that experience as, as good and as pleasant as possible? And I guess with the masks, with the mask, um, which I have now, which is the Air Queen mask, this one referring to. Uh, I guess uh, I know that the experience of wearing a mask is is, is better. You know, it's lighter. Um, it has all the certifications, and it's and it can be used in in the medical field as well as the consumer field. So for me, it was once I got the product in my hand, I was like, okay, this there's something in this product, and there's something I can do with this, and I stand behind the product. Sometimes you just gotta, yeah feel something and experience something and that can really change your opinion on the situation so that's okay. how it's we do have some we do have some uh, quick shout outs martino says super Seuss needs to order all your masks so that's yeah. a plug as well and uh, nah, Gregory says he, yeah. he has one at home so and he says these are dope 
So, so um, how did so basically you stole the story of how it came to be, but are you now officially the distributor of those masks in Europe? Uh, yeah, so I work with a, with a supplier um, and he uh, and he is also a distributor. So we, we work together and uh, he's taking, let's say, uh, the, 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 the financial uh, the financial burden. And I'm helping him to uh, sell in retail and uh, trying to get some uh, different and bigger clients uh, to purchase uh, from us. Um, I also want to uh, go in on what Martino said. I did approach Sufors 2 multiple times, but hey, in business, sometimes you win and sometimes they leave you on red. That's just the way it goes. Yeah. Okay. Well, showed in this video, of course. Yeah, so uh, maybe that, someone that they uh, at least know about uh, know about it, except except from the emails. Um, yeah. I I do want to ask, like, okay, may, maybe this is more a pragmatic question, but um, you said because these masks can be used as well in the medical field as well. So, yeah. uh, what kind of material are they, and how often? Because uh, are uh, the 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 main person uh, doing a promotion or are, are explaining educational promotion on wearing mask here says yeah. you have to wear uh to wash off your mask every day yeah. so if you're like somebody who needs to be in the field on a daily basis how many masks would you need to be able to um, do your daily operations um so basically uh, to answer your question um the air green mask is uh, built with a nanofiber filter so that's a small filter within the masks, within the mask, which really protects uh, against the virus. And that's not a filter that, let's say, a made-at-home mask has. It's not a filter which the normal blue mask has. It's like an extra protective layer. And uh, basically, um, if you're working in the medical field, so like you're in the room um, with the patients, um it's 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 important to really switch off your mask every three hours i know that because uh, my girlfriend she uh, she also worked with uh, corona pa uh, patients in the in the in the hospital so she told me that um but like on a regular basis um my masks can uh can last up to 10 days you just have to spray them with a bit of uh uh ethanol and then uh, they're fresh and good to go. So after a while, after 10 days, you really have to renew them. But basically you're getting more, uh, you can, you, you're getting more mask uh, for a longer period of time. So you can't put them in a, in a, in a wash, you can't wash them in the washing machine? No, you, no, I wouldn't wash them in the washing machine. I would uh, spray them with alcohol spray them and with, them okay. 10 days and then throw them mm. away. Also okay. for hygienic reasons. Okay. Yeah, and uh, from what I've seen, that there's also this uh, the the mask case. Cause um, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just you know yeah. making some assumptions cool. here. Cause it has yeah. some special kind of coating or um, yeah. Sometimes they layer it with uh, a silver uh, layer so, that kind of nah. kills bacteria or something it's, similar it's more... to that. Yeah, it's more like a, a copper, a copper layer, and copper 
has been proven as a disinfectant uh, material for bacteria and viruses for ages. So uh, the case is uh, is made from a a, a specific uh, copper coating, which is like a innovative uh, Korean technology. And whenever you put the mask inside, uh, all the viruses die. And when you take the mask out, um, it smells and it feels brand new because it's been disinfectant going into, uh, into the case. So that's an oh, no. additional way to extend the life, the life of the mask. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, okay. So I have a, I guess, a, a more personal question on the distribution of the mask. So now you're yeah. one of the official distributors. Yeah. Um, why did you decide to use it under the Glampop brand or the Glampop name? Because this is yeah. something totally left field from the fashion uh, services that you are providing before. Or, so or how does it, that, or is it? I don't know. Nah. So how does this mixture work? So, um, to be very honest with you, um, uh, I've always uh, tried to create lamp up as a premium brand you know a premium uh brand with a more uh luxurious feeling but also accessible for everyone and i felt that uh the air queen was also a brand which was on the same level so not only in the same field but um if you just look at brand it has a higher price point it's seen it's seen as superior um in 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 it's superior if you uh if you look at, at, at other masks so for me it was like a a a, yeah, a, a easy way of uh trying to sell it under um yeah under under the glampa brand and also in in these times you need to be very you need to be very fast you need to be very quick so it was like okay i have the resources i have like an online shop um, I have a, a I, 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 people can order online. Um, I have a social media presence. Um, so let's, let's, let's just go. Uh, so within a, within a week, I, I set it up and just went from there. Sometimes you don't need to make it, um, as difficult as possible. Try, just try to keep it simple. If it, if it, if it doesn't work, try it again. I, I do have two follow, follow up questions on that. Yeah. Um, one is e-commerce related, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. But I, I do, Diego. I do see a connection though, because I feel like everybody that works with Glampop for the next coming, especially if if things open up again, <laughs> will be wearing those masks when they go to work. True. Which, which is my follow-up question, Jake. Um, I mean, it's it's a it's a contact job. Uh, everything mm-hmm. like uh, Glampop related is is. These are contact jobs, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, how do you call it? It's it's very much the 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 government in the Netherlands decided like these kind of jobs are they're too high risk. But mm-hmm. in the end of the day, we we do need like for instance, you cannot see it on screen now because I tried to hide it, but I do mm-hmm. actually need a haircut. Yeah. Like and yeah. and these kind of things. Like people need haircuts. People do need yeah. to do their makeup by somebody else or, or small things that they need to do. Somebody does it. So yeah. are you going to allow other people's and, and they're going to get a, a dispensation for it? And then 
basically you're you're killing part of the market, but you're reestablishing another part of the market. So so do you have any? Is there also a group of people um, that you're working with, or you yourself uh, giving advice to the government in the Netherlands, saying like like you can close shop, but you can say we're not essential, but at the end of the day, we're essential. We don't want to end like at the end of the pandemic and everybody comes out of their home and their hair is like, yeah. like two meters and nobody has shaven in days and, you yeah. know, in months. So there, there has to be. So that's what I'm wondering is to what extent is there another solution? Something else we've talked about in Suriname is getting uh, a different license because mm -hmm. for certain type of jobs, Certain licenses, if you have a certain license for a job, you are allowed, even though you're a con it's a contact job, you are allowed, whereas other that kind of carry the same risk uh, yeah. don't uh, don't get the opportunity. So that's something I am wondering. How, how does the industry go about that with that in, in the Netherlands at the moment? To be very honest, um, the industry is suffering. The industry, the industry is really suffering bad. And um, I, I, I was in um, all those uh, Facebook groups. Uh, I still am, but uh, there's a lot of negativity uh, in those groups. You know, neg negativity um, towards the government, never negativity towards, let's say, let's say hairdressers who do travel to the client. And for me, it was a bit too much. So I was like, I'm going to distance myself from all the negativity because I do understand that. You know, I'm also one of the uh, the people which is heavily impacted by uh, all the restrictions of the government. Um, but in this certain time, there's not really something you can do. You can argue with the government, but at the end of the day, they, um, they put out the rules. And I guess that um they wouldn't take this difficult decision if they didn't have all the resources uh to uh to 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 make this decision so for me it's a difficult it's difficult i know that the industry is suffering i know that a lot of uh, hairdressers um have closed shop but um yeah there's 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 nothing you can there's nothing you can really do you can't argue with the government because at the end of the day yeah you can argue that getting a haircut is essential but you're not gonna die if your hair grows longer you know like i i know i know i also really value value getting my hair cut every two weeks so i understand but yeah it's for the greater good All right. Uh, there is a question from. Uh, this, I have to be careful, but because there are several Gregories in the in the <laughs> chat, but uh, Gregory wants to know: Can we see the mask? Do you have a mask on you that that you can show us, yes. like without the packaging? Yes. Yeah, that's it. Um, you can also check them out on glampop.nl in a shop. So maybe order one. Support yeah. Jake while you can. <laughs> so basically, this is a mask like this here and then uh, you pull out this and then you put it um, on your face like this and um, you adjust it that uh, everything fits oh I have it on <laughs> wrong 
this is not good for me but yeah you put it on you um attach it behind your ears there also there's also like a ear loop um a head loop so that uh, if you don't like it behind your ears you can also fasten it behind your head and then um you put it like this and then you can breathe perfectly to through the mask and it feels light so it's also pretty it, it looks uh, less closed off. Yeah, it, it does. Looks it breathable. <laughs> yeah, it actually, it looks breathable. Yeah. So because for uh, yeah, most of us, yeah. the homemade masks are either <laughs> they're really like on top of everything that you can't properly breathe, or they're too loose, and when you talk, they start kind of moving around your face as well. Yeah. 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 No, awesome. Um, we're hitting the one hour mark, but uh, mm -hmm. we've talked of quite a bit your journey starting, actually humble beginnings from glam pop and when you know shit hit the fan and how you pivoted um, to doing the mask. Uh, so that flowed naturally. But there's one thing that I do wanna ask. Um, if you're let me shan look we're going a bit over the hour it's okay <laughs> this is something that's not very known or common in suriname the startup culture or the venture yeah. capitals and in 2019 you were a finalist in one of those competition in the netherlands yeah. so could you sh especially as a young startup could you share a bit of that experience on how it is especially of getting investors on when you're requesting like a few hundred thousand k of investment to build yeah. this platform how how do you how was that experience and you know especially coming from somewhere where that's not very common um yeah that's that experience is a yeah let's say a very rigorous experience just like raising money and pitching to investors uh that's 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 like a very very hard and difficult um task but also like a task uh, which is necessary in order for you to grow if you don't have uh, an extra let's say million million euros uh laying somewhere somewhere else um, but basically, um, you have these uh, accelerators and these uh, competitions during the year, uh, which you can apply for. Um, basically, um, you uh, get introduced to investors, um, uh, you get coaching so that you um, be able to present and pitch in a uh, suitable manner to the, to the investors. So when I saw... I, I like in 2019, I knew like, hey, I want to raise money. So I need to go through these accelerators. I need to sign myself up because for me, it's going to be uh, getting out of my comfort zone and just uh, being comfortable being on stage and speaking uh, to investors and speaking to large groups. So when I saw one of these accelerators, I just... Um, I, I applied. I applied for a lot of in accelerators, but I didn't get in. But in that certain one, I did get in. And eventually, um, you started off with a video pitch. So after the video pitch, they were like, "Okay, uh, if you made it to the top ten, 
Um, so the top tens means like you have to stay in a hotel a whole week and we'll basically coach you. We'll coach you on the pitch, on your business model, on your financial model. So after a week, um, after coaching, you have the semifinals and I went through the semifinals and got to the finals. And, uh, during the finals, yeah, I went on stage, uh, in front of two to 300 people and just pitched the, pitched the idea. And it was, for me, it was a very, very uh, valuable experience because you get comfortable standing on stage. And also you really get grilled down by the investors. And that's not the fun part, but that's also like the realistic part because uh, then you know, like, okay, this is where people see flaws in my business. And for you, it's then your choice to uh, trying to convince them like, hey, this is not a flaw or uh, take the feedback as positive and work on uh, fixing that flaw. And yeah, just pitch more investors to eventually, uh, yeah, get, 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 get some uh, funding in. I have two follow up questions on that. Um, one, when you applied or when you got through it, was there yeah. a personal investment that you had to do to go through it? Uh, and then it could be a financial or non-financial investment. And on the other side, um, you're requesting a lot of money basically to get funded. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I checked the website a bit. Some of them were asking 200K euros, 100K euros. Um, how do you, I guess, lay that out when you talk to the in investors? How do you justify that? Um, to answer your first question, Sorry, what was your first question again? Did you have to put in a personal yeah, investment, okay. financial investment yeah. when you started? Yeah, I had to put in a for, uh, financial investment. Um, I guess it was like maybe maybe a K because uh, they you all, they also needed to cover the costs uh, because we were staying in a in a yeah fairly good hotel, so they needed to cover the cost. So that was a personal investment. And I guess that was also like an eye opener for me so that I knew like, Hey, if you want to go forward, you do have to invest in yourself because even though you don't know the outcome, investing in yourself is the best investment you can put into anything, you know? And to answer your second question, um, yeah, when going to investors, uh, they also know from their side what they want in a deal. So basically, if you're still small, they want like a lot of equity. And um, for them, they know that they are making, let's say, 10 investments and um, eight of them go sour and two of them go boom. And that's where they cash out, you know. So um, you really need to uh, do the numbers uh, correct because they see right through everything because they have a lot of experience. And, uh, yeah, sometimes, and, and it's also like if you have a good connection with them, because at the end of the day, people like doing business with people and with companies. So if they have a good feeling about you as a founder or they feel your passion and they feel that you are able to lead a team to create success, then yeah, they invest in you. And also they need to like, uh, your business idea and uh, feel that they can be of added value to your business idea or else they wouldn't invest. 
Interesting. So you have a shout out from Alert, give sending out a poll hey, for uh, a story. So guy. that's pretty cool. And yeah, um, I do also have a follow up question. What's the what's the takeaway, the biggest takeaway that you would like to share from that week? So something you learned that week that you think for for young entrepreneurs is very very important to know. Um, like something, and that's just uh, a big takeaway for myself, and not specific to that weekend, but also is uh, is, 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 is you can connect to that weekend is um, that. In order to grow, if you want to grow, you really need to get out of your comfort zone. You really, you really need to go because um, uh, growth only occurs when you're out of your comfort zone. So during that week, I really went out of my comfort zone as in being comfortable of being on stage, of presenting your uh, idea to others, pitching your ideas to others, and also being very resistant and receptive to other people shitting on your idea because that's also that's also that's also the way it is it's also cool you know you don't need to take it personally just see it as a uh, yeah uh to to uh, agree to disagree that's basically how i see it so yeah invest in yourself and uh trying to be in as much as as much uncomfortable positions as you can be because that will stimulate your growth as an as an individual okay yeah oh, awesome i i think that sheds some insight because we uh, from what i'm seeing here we, we lack that kind of investment culture here um yeah. having this those initiatives so i think we can learn a lot just from your experience there uh, and I know there are some people who are trying to set up something here um, I think that would be very valuable I'm not sure yeah. if the scale is enough but well, we, we've, yeah. we've had it here I, I mean uh, the, uh, the the best case that we've had of such a competition was uh, uh, United Business Idol I don't remember yeah. if you I think we had two editions the United yeah, Business I vaguely Idol. remember that, yeah. And, and, and we also um, have, uh, I guess, the, on, the, on the Namers House in Suriname, they also have uh, like yeah. pitch nights because when I was there in 2019, they did have pitch nights and I wanted to join because I, I just wanted to see um, like the crowd and I, if, I, if I got the chance to speak and to really share some of my two cents, that would be nice because I do really feel that Surinamese people are capable enough and uh, are, are capable enough and motivated enough to start great things, to start great companies or ju ju just uh, start doing something, you know? Um, and I, I really applaud those uh, initiatives. Yeah. I, I do want to say in the IT branch, we also had, I mean, if you take in consideration it might not be an accelerator startup. That's not the intention. But uh, the IT core has had similar concepts as well of, of competitions where you kind of have different companies or person. You, you can join in as either a company or as, as, a, or as a group. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. we do have that. I think the, the interesting question that I might have as a follow-up to that, Jake, is what happens to these contestants? Like yeah. you were in, in such an accelerator. Like 
of those people you've met, how many of those yeah. people, uh, how many of those still exist? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, so basically, I try and I try to stay in in contact with a few of them, um, and you see that uh, some of them are uh, really uh, moving up, uh, moving up in life, uh, becoming more successful, growing, getting more traction. Um, but others also, yeah, stop or fail. And it's also pretty, pretty normal to fail, you know, like, um, I think we live in a culture where failure is seen as something bad, but failing is not that bad. Failing is just learning, um, how just, just, just having takeaways on how your second try should be better. So yeah, a few of them fail. If it's a good entrepreneur, they will, uh, come back with a different startup with a different idea that's that's the beauty of it yeah it's i think well i i've said the word shame culture a lot i think the winner of the last the winner of the last business idol united business idol is now the acting director of the communication services of a national government oh yeah yeah and so it doesn't necessarily have to be directly yeah, related but, to business, yeah. but it gives you a perspective on it's 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 not it's not straight it's it's kind of more lateral growth. It's not like you're saying it's not like you failed in, in succeeding in a way because in no. the end it's also about the experience as well. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's is. it's difficult in Suriname because people kind of they they. It's, because we are a small community, it's it's very much like okay. But if I fail, everybody will know that I fail. But it's not like yeah. I mean, my my first business. I mean, I was once approached to give a quick tangent. I was once approached to to be part of a, 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 a an event where you kind of share your worst uh, entrepreneurial mishap, so your worst yeah. case, and it was like. I don't want to share my worst case. I don't have a worst business experience. I want to share all my 10 different businesses that failed, you know, yeah, because I have like 10 business ideas that I did that completely failed. I don't have one that failed more than others. No, I've just uh, 10 different yeah. business businesses that completely failed. And then when I started my 11th, that's, that's when I, when I succeeded. So I think that's something people uh, underestimate as, as well. But I, I, I asked the question because I do wanted to know, like, if it's the same in the Netherlands as it is in Suriname, that it doesn't automatically mean that if somebody wins that competition, that yeah. that's that's the business no. that pops up and becomes the biggest business of all those no, of uh, competitors. Not. Yeah. Of yeah, because um, even though even if you get funding, like, you can also fail, in the sense that when yeah you burn up all the cash then it's also lights out so it's 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 pretty common to fail like with a startup it's pretty common for let's say x winners to fail because we are we have all these big companies that were once big but eventually they're not around anymore they failed at, uh, yeah. yeah we at don't we never they... talk about the, the fortune 500 companies that are no longer fortune 500 companies True. Yeah. Um, Gregory has a great, great uh, add-on as well. He's saying fantastic failures make fantastic successes. 
that follow that much uh that follow that are much sweeter that's by elon musk well elon is in yeah. the news a lot uh, martino yeah. says in the netherlands we plough the buffet and start over again they get a loan from the bank yeah, <laughs> and, and gregory actually has a uh, I'm I'm gonna save Joseph uh, Joseph's comment for for last when we close off. But Gregory has a final question, which is why are authors not considered entrepreneurs? Why are authors not considered entrepreneurs? Hmm, that's a good. That's a that's a really good question. Um, I guess if you would define um, the term entrepreneur, it would be basically the same that a writer is a entrepreneur because they're undertaking action to build something in that sense a book but um from a different perspective um if you look at the other side of entrepreneur it's also attached to the fact that uh you're doing it together with others you're building a team you're uh, getting more exposure you're uh dealing with all the financial stuff and i guess that's harder than let's say writing a book and selling it with all with all respect to sellers with all respect to authors because without authors i guess a lot of entrepreneurs wouldn't be motivated or inspired <laughs> to really start yeah and what i think uh, the terminology there's a lot of terminology that gets thrown around nowadays, especially when things get hyped, you get all these buzzwords, entrepreneur this, sure. entrepreneur that, um, and, you know, uh, efficiency, go green, those kind of things. And I think it's a matter of perspective, depending on where you're coming from, so, and how you frame it. So it's more yeah. of a culture and community thing. So you should, I think you shouldn't take it too personally. Authors are entrepreneurs, are creatives. It's yeah. not a world that's kind of black and white, in my that's opinion. That's true. And also like the word entrepreneur, I guess it's romanticized too much, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, yeah. like, wow, he's successful, you know? <laughs> that's what they think. No, no, the, the worst. The, the, the yeah. one I have the most problem with is serial entrepreneur. Yeah. Oh, That's the yeah. one that I, I have the most problem. And it's hard because some of my friends, even myself in the past, you know, it was something yeah. like, yeah, I'm a serial entrepreneur. But I'm like, yeah, I'd rather have yeah. one business that's really successful than, you know, yeah, really like, <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, um, I'm being hypocritical for, for even saying that. I, I do want to say, and Diego, you know I'm going to say this. If you are, are an author on, on Hive, you are definitely an entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> you're even a, yeah. you're yeah. even an owner. <laughs> but uh, but I'll, I'll leave that one for, her, for another time. So uh, final remarks, Diego, do you have a final remark, final question you want to wanna drop in? No, I, I just want to say, Jake, thanks for joining us. Thanks for openly sharing your experiences. Um, I think there's quite some interesting nuggets there that people will find very valuable that it's not just roses and um, tulips or whatever you call them. <laughs> and, and moonshine, <laughs> directly translated from Dutch. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I guess last thing would be for 2021, um, you're working on yourself now, you got the mask, but... Yeah. 
is there anything that we or people can look out for that uh, it's in the works uh, we don't know the situation how it's going to evolve but yeah what what's in the works for you and what where can people find you this so this is your moment to plug okay. show us what you're yeah, doing from the pitch sessions let's yeah, go great, great. um first of all i want to thank you guys for inviting me for this podcast this is the first podcast i ever did also it's after midnight but i really enjoyed it so i really want to empower you guys to keep on doing this because i really think this is a good vehicle to share knowledge and to share um information so uh, appreciate uh that um also i uh, want to say that if somebody has uh questions business related questions or um you know they want to have an opinion or something feel free to uh to contact me you know i really want to help um because this year one of my goals was uh help helping people more and um not only people from the netherlands but also people from suriname so if you have like uh, questions on how it is being an entrepreneur and how to start or just stupid questions or questions you think that are stupid which are absolutely not stupid just feel free to reach out to me uh you can find me on uh instagram at uh, jake ryman you can uh find me on twitter that's where i <laughs> i post my my thoughts my very <laughs> unfiltered thoughts uh, that's a uh, great great minded jake Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at just my name Jake Ryman. You can find me on Facebook at Jake Ryman. Uh, you can find me on Clubhouse at uh, Jake Ryman. And um, yeah, for this year is uh, see how it goes with Glamp Up. Um, next to that, just hustle more with uh, the masks and build it into a greater brand. And I'm also busy with a, a real estate uh, project. um with a friend so yeah i'm uh, i'm doing i'm pretty busy but i always have time to uh, help others and uh, yeah uh, just feel free uh, to feel free to hit me up so you're literally building hey uh, yeah. i'm going to share two two more comments both from joseph the first one congrats on the first podcast uh, interview jake keep growing Thanks. it went great And uh, to finish the day off, or to finish off this show for this week, get out of your comfort zone. This was social convos. One second before you roll out the yeah video. Um, we have us. I we really want to thank everyone for tuning in every week, but especially look out for February because we have a lineup that you guys. don't want to miss uh february is fully booked already so tune in next week i don't know if you want to announce who's coming up next week shan lucas oh we have we have only international guests this month so it's wow. really exciting uh i want to keep a little bit uh of a secret because right. i want to allow diego so uh follow diego on uh facebook and youtube and on instagram because we will be announcing Uh, next week's guest during i think the weekend maybe i think on sunday we will announce uh, next week's guest for you guys he's from the us he's from kansas and uh keep tuned yeah. i guess 
Yeah. All right. Put on your not yeah. notifications. Notifications on. If you're on YouTube, hit the like button for the algorithm. Like, comment, spread subscribe. it, spread it. Subscribe. Yeah. Subscribe. Do the little bell. Yeah. And of course, if you're yeah. watching this on Facebook or LinkedIn, uh, feel free to follow as well. This yeah. was Social yeah. Confos. And you want to give one more thing, Diego? Yeah. Go ahead, man. <laughs> no, this episode, uh, as always, uh, will be on the website. So if you have friends who've missed it and you want to recommend them, it will be up on the website and all pla podcasting platforms on Saturdays. And lastly, um, the first episode of Creative Convos for 2021 is also live now on the website uh, where we talked, me and Tevin talked with another Jake. So check that out as well. <laughs> awesome I'm, I'm, Jake I'm, I'm not the first Jake I'm not the first Jake yeah well you are on this show so that counts yeah, as well <laughs> Jake thank you so much for uh, being our guest thank you guys thank for watching and this is when we really close it off see you next week on Social Confos bye bye how Thank mm -hmm. you.